hello there, Paul. Hello there, John. Do you know what we're doing online right now? We're ready for another week of ContraCast. Another week? We're like another huge, long time <laughs> apart. It doesn't matter. It's another show. I think I'm probably going to leave this part in the show. We're just going to start it from here. It would be awesome. Ah, <sighs> goodness. Hello, everyone. Welcome to ContraCast um, 18. It is November 14, 2009. And according to the date that I posted, episode 17, uh... That's that's quite a bit of time. I think it was the 24th of October. Um, oh my! Basically, uh, I'll sum it up by saying that when we the 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 week after was Halloween, which we'll talk about, and the week after that, I don't remember what happened, and then the week after that, I was actually sick. No, that was last. Anyway, sickness was in. Nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, nothing basically. Happened. Things happen to prevent us from doing this, and we've been lazy. Um, but we are here now with another show, and it should be quite a show because we have a lot to talk about. Um, it should make up for those little tiny uh, mini-shows we've been churning out lately. Um, as you can hear, uh, right now, myself, Paul Kwiatkowski, is on the show, and my brother, John Kwiatkowski. Um, guys? We had Lee on the show, and he was here for few minutes and then his computer crashed and he does not feel like uh, trying to figure out his internet connection and getting back on. Um, so he'll be on show 19 which we're going to record fairly shortly. Um, and Michael Pulowski will be joining us perhaps a little later on. Right now he's doing what I would have been doing if I was not recording ContraCast which is playing Call of Duty 4 <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 online, not 4. Um, I was thinking that because the, uh, the EXE file says IW4SP and IW4MP. Uh, Infinity Ward is really protective of Call of Duty. So, um, there's no need really to tell you how to get in touch with us. You probably already know, but what the heck. So you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Contrapal and uh, facebook.com slash Kwiatkowski. Uh, John, tell the friendly and lovely <laughs> and internet folks out in the world, how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can guys can get in touch with me at Twitter at uh, J underscore Kwiatkowski. And for, like, more information all of our contacts, they're on the uh, ContraCast blog at ContraCast.blogspot.com. Beautiful. And uh, it's worth mentioning that is the Mirror blog that is, is specifically only for this site, or for this podcast. And if you want to get to the other articles and stuff I write, go to contrapaul.blogspot.com. Um, although it has been a little dry lately. I've written, like, an article every five days for the last 20 days. Yeah, but they've been good long articles. They've been, you know, one-sentence filler. Yeah, they've been something. I just, I don't know. I've, I've been uh, out of the loop as far as this stuff. I've been sick, and I've been, you know, playing COD and working at home and whatnot. So, anyway... Let's uh, let's uh, remind the folks also that we are on iTunes. Um, we are not yet on Zune. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm I'm beyond caring right now. Um, so if you perhaps found us through Facebook or Twitter, uh, or just a random internet search or something, um, check us out on iTunes. You can leave us a review, uh, give us a starred number of rating or something like that, and uh, download our show. 
so let's get right into this. Um, we have quite a lot of topics for this week, and let's start off with the link of the week. John, do you want to introduce this? Um, would that be the Void Pin Props blog spot? Absolutely. Void Pin Props. Okay, so let me sum up this site. It's um, Void, Void, yeah. VoidPinProps.blogspot.com. It'll have a link in the website for y'all. And it, basically, it's a prop guide. Stuff's and awesome. What? Stuff is awesome. Yes. He got commissioned to build the uh, guy helmet from Daft Punk. And, you know, if you look around the internet, a lot of people will take some foam, carve it out, spray paint it, and that's their helmet. This guy is different. As a prop builder, he made a foam model of it, made a cast of it, made several molds of it, and then made multiple parts... And, you know, the main gold part, instead of using gold paint, he has them gold-plated. So he's going all out in this. He's got, he made, he's making the one that was commissioned, it's going to the, um, whoever commissioned it. And he's building another one for himself, which he is decking out with full LEDs and, you know, sound, uh, sync light patterns, and it's crazy. I wish I had, like, enough time to make one like that. <laughs> so well, basically, I, so. yeah, this guy's a prop maker. Um, he has made numerous props. You can look at his Flickr feeds. It's just a very cool site, and he's very thorough. Um, and I guess we'll get into our goal for Halloween was to make Daft Punk helmets, um, but the idea was really late, and so next year you can expect to see some crazy stuff. This year we ended up just we we went to a rave and uh, John wore like a bunch of glow things and I had a motorcycle helmet um, that was painted black and uh, had some glow lines meant to look kind of like Daft Punk. But anyway, um, needless to say, the DJ said we were awesome. I so. agree. He called me up like four times. <laughs> um, it was a very good idea. But anyway, so that's that. Um, Vulpin Props, very cool site. Um, we'll get you a link, and it's the kind of thing that you know maybe you're not too interested if you if you don't like working with your hands or whatever. But John and I are like, you know, slowly flipping through the Flickr feed, you know, looking at all these pictures of the wiring diagram. We can do that. I know we can do it. We just don't have the cash. <laughs> well, the cash and the time right now. So, um, so there's that. As for the uh, the app of the week, I I had a good one the other day. And I think I have totally lost it. Oh no! So, um, oh, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna pull out an app that is. I. It's not like anything special, but it's useful. Um, it's the Wikipedia app, and it's free. Um, and it's basically just easy to use in Wikipedia. It loads fast because um, they only load the main description and then each one you want on demand. So you know how Wikipedia is broken down to. Like, let's say you got a particular film. Um, it's broken down to, like, introduction, plot, uh, characters, you know, all these different things. Well, it loads it fast because it minimizes all the ones that aren't the primary one, and then you can open those or close them, and you don't have to open all of them. I mean, you know, you might have no, you know, need to look at the references for a movie or something. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah that it's free, there. so um, that's that. So, we have so much to talk about, um, and we're not going to hit everything that's happened in the last uh, three weeks um, since we recorded, um, but the first one is that uh, Droid launched the Motorola Droid on Verizon, 
Um, honestly, since the last time we talked, I think we still were calling it like the Motorola Shoals. <laughs> I think we, we might have been. So, yeah, the Droid is the actual name of that Motorola phone. And also, um, HTC launched a phone called the Droid Eris, which is really just the uh, hero. But it looks really good, and it's supposed to be the best uh, best one yet. Um, and it's funny because at $100, it's supposed to be, you know, it's it's not as as cool as the droid is, but it's supposed to be awesome, and it's not its not like you should not go for the droid Eris instead of the uh, droid. But um, what both of these mean is that Android is now on Verizon, and as Gizmodo said um, in their review, it's simple. Um, if, you, if you aren't on... If you don't want an iPhone, go with the droid, I think is what they said. <laughs> Basically, um, this is the phone to buy on Verizon, is the Droid from Motorola. Um, it has a huge touchscreen, and it's running uh, uh, Android 2.0, uh, which is the first thing to do that. Um, so that's pretty cool. It also it features the new uh, free Google uh, navigation application. And um, that application is pretty crazy, because it's... it's uh, Reportedly not, I mean, it's not perfect. It's not like the, the king of all navigation apps, you know. Um, like reviews are saying it's nice for free, but if it was $100 like, like the TomTom app is or something, people would have a bit of an issue with it. But um, what you get is, you know, just a turn-by-turn -turn navigation, and they've got a street view integration and everything. But that's on the Droid. Um, and... Uh, when Google announced this, the stocks of all these GPS makers, Garmin and TomTom Tom and everything, absolutely plummeted. Um, even though this is just, it's, it was misinformation that would have caused them to do that because the only reason they, um, the only way you can get this free app at the moment is on your Droid phone on Verizon. So it makes up, you know, how big of a percentage? Well, it actually in in the first, it's about one point four four percent of the phone market in the U.S. It's actually pretty big so oh, far, nice. um, but still nowhere near the the market integration of the iPhone or anything. It's not like they're releasing a turn by turn app for you know twenty seven percent of the market instead of just one percent. But uh -huh. uh, still, it's pretty cool. Um, so you know the funny thing is I don't I don't know why but right now I'm uh, I guess it's because of Call of Duty I'm just not interested in gadgets. <laughs> um, you know I see this droid I'm like oh that's kind of cool. The only thing I don't like about the droid though is I the the more I use the keyboard on like my iPod Touch or my Envy the less I see the need for a a uh, actual physical keyboard. And the Droid has a large physical keyboard, but it also has a 3.7-inch touchscreen. Um, and there's there's no, I mean, wh wh why? There's no need to have a, uh, you know, that size um, screen needs a uh, tactile keyboard when you've got, you know, ample space to put a digital keyboard on. And I'm sure there is a digital keyboard um, that you get, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I wish they would just... Because the phone is extremely thin. It's not as thin as the iPhone, but it's extremely thin with the keyboard. But you have to ask, you know, could this have been like the thinnest big big scale touchscreen phone on the market if it didn't have this tactile keyboard, you know? I don't know. I mean, I kind of do lean towards like a hardware keyboard, you know? Yeah, I guess. It's just... I, like, I like hitting actual keys. I've got nothing wrong with like the iTouch one. Well, it's just to me, there's there's things you can't do like I really enjoy. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, so you know, go ahead. You can see where the keys are. You know, and slide your hand over. I mean, you're you can, not, but it's just I don't know. It's it, because of the size of the screen on the iTouch. There's I, no. You know, I can't really say because I haven't used it yet, and a lot of full keyboards in the phone. They really are made or killed by how big the keys are. They're they're big. I mean, and the thing is, it's it's very forgiving in terms of auto correcting. But on top of that, it's just got some cool innovations. I mean, when like when you're typing in a .com address, you know, rather than have to hit dot and then actually type in what you want, if you just hold your finger down on .com the button, it'll pop up a bunch of other options .net, you know, .edu, and so on. And it does the same thing for letters, but that's that's the kind of thing you can't do on a tactile keyboard. You know, there's not going to be a button that you hold down for a certain amount of time, and you know, I don't know. It's just, I, I think uh, it's an it's an odd move for me, given how good some of the touch keyboards are. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that's enough on that. Since none of us are buying it, you know. Um, there's another thing too. Um, two things that came out today. Well, this this the first one has been known for a little while. Um, Verizon upped their cancellation fee to three hundred fifty dollars for early canceling um, from ungodly. from a plan with quote an advanced uh, device. So, what constitutes an advanced device? Well, I mean, at this point, they're basically calling everything with a touchscreen an advanced device. Now, they're not calling you know my phone one. Um, but they are calling an awful lot of phones an advanced device. And so three hundred fifty dollars so just another way to grab well, more money. But but well here's the deal. Like if the droid is two hundred dollars, now I guarantee you that that is uh, quite a uh, quite a low price because of how much is paid by um, Verizon for the phone. I mean they're subsidizing it substantially. Um, if you look at the price, like you remember the original iPhone came out and was $600. Um, yeah. That was not a lot of subsidizing. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, that was not a lot of subsidizing. And now you got an iPhone at $99, $199, and $399, or $299, rather. <clears throat> uh, and so, I mean, ideally, I mean, right now, if you look at the market and pricing, it's set by the iPhone. The Droid Eris, hundred dollars. The the Droid, uh, one ninety nine. You know, the BlackBerry Storm two, uh, one ninety nine. Other phones are like the Palm Pre. Um, they wanted to be three hundred. It's one ninety nine. Magical phone. <laughs> so, it's set by the different price points on the iPhone. Um, and I think that that is not. It's it's hard to call it good or bad, but you know, if you think back two years ago, you could go into Verizon and there was like an HTC, you know, horrible Windows uh, mobile phone, and it was like $350. You can't do that anymore thanks to the iPhone's pricing, and so <clears throat> you've got to get these cancellation fees up. Um, and so their thinking is that, well, you'll you'll buy into like the Droid now and pay this price, and they can't guarantee what Apple's going to come out with soon. Um, the way that Apple works, you know, it's been two years in a row that they get out a new iPhone in the summer, and so, and the, and as you know, Apple doesn't announce things a long time ahead. <laughs> um, there won't be an announcement, you know, in January about the new iPhone coming in, uh, 
coming in July. They'll announce it, like, right on time. They're going to be like, oh, and by the way, the iPhone is, you know, four times faster now, and it has a 8-megapixel camera and everything, and then it'll come out, like, the next week. So they have to be prepared. This is, this is Verizon's way of trying to recoup their subsidization costs um, <clears throat> from people that are that they still think might uh, leave the phones, you know? Mm-hmm. So, especially because they're... It's it's hard, like, the phone market, right, especially in our country, um, it changed, like, right now with the technology, it is changing so fast that, like, each year you can literally cash in your phone and get a new one, but they want the plans to be, you know, longer. Um, yeah, I was getting, one quick question, like, what would you do, you know, if, like, you were the one of the first people to buy, like, the $600 iPhone, don't, like, the next year, you're still stuck in your contract, you're like, oh, by no, the way. I think for some reason, AT&T has that. a very, has a special thing for iPhone upgrades. Um, I know that, I mean, they gave a $100 uh, iTunes card to everyone who paid for that $600 one, because within, like, a month, they dropped it to, to three ninety nine. you know? Uh, yeah. Um, but it's just, like, uh... Even back when, like, the uh, first Razor came out. Yeah, it was through the roof. It like 400 bucks for when it came out brand new. And they tried to do that with the Razer 2, and so this should tell you how much... Um, I mean, remember the Razer 2, they wanted to sell that at like 300 and that was a little bit before the iPhone. Um, and that should give you some idea of exactly how much a phone, you know, especially if if the Razer 2 flip phone, which by all means, it's it's a nice-looking phone. I, was, I mean, I was holding one the other day... Um, it's a nice phone. It's, it feels huge. I mean, the screen's big, but it's just no one wants a flip phone anymore. No one wanted a flip phone that much two years ago. Um, if you've got a phone like that, and they're trying to sell that for 350 that tells you that um, either Verizon is paying zero money to Motorola to subsidize it, or it costs more than that. And so look at a phone like the, uh, the Droid with a huge touchscreen and... Uh, fast processor and everything, and it's you know better all around than than like the Razer Two, and that one's two hundred dollars. And you got to think, you know, they they've got to find a way to to pay back that cost. Um, data charge, data charge. So that's all going to come back in the data charges. Um, that was the other thing. This was on uh, I found it through Gizmodo, but it was originally posted on uh, David Pogue's personal blog within the New York Times website. Um, for those who don't know, David Pogue is a uh, tech blogger, reporter. He writes in their paper um, for all things tech and gadget-wise um, for the New York Times. And he was tipped off by a Verizon employee um, as to these 199 data charges, and uh, he hit it right on the nose. Um, if you're on Verizon, you may wonder, you know, if you take a close look at your bill, you may often find that there is a 199 data charge, um, and you, you may wonder, you know, well, what is what is that data charge? I mean, I didn't download any applications, and you know, I didn't go on the internet. Well, what he says is that you buy a, uh, a flip phone or any phone, and they make the internet button very easy to accidentally press. Oh yeah, I mean, um, on my phone, it's the up arrow, up key, which is just above the OK, which is yep. the central button that you hit all oh, yeah. the time. Um, even on, you know, let me pull up my Envy right here. Um, even when you're not, uh, even when you're not using a, um, 
Oh, never mind. Losing myself from using this phone. Even on a non-tactile uh, thing, you've got, I mean, you, you press the settings button in the middle, and the very center of the screen is browser. You know, it'd be very easy to accidentally hit it. Lots of things, I mean, like lots of things, try to open the browser. And, you know, if you don't catch it before it does any kind of connecting, <laughs> then you're, you know, you're basically stuck with a charge. Yeah, basically, the second the, brow- the browser completely opens, you are charged. Because, you know, that .01 kilobyte of data has been moved from point A to B, and yeah. it will charge you a full megabyte data charge for that. Which is know, 199 open. yes. And so this Verizon uh, guy is saying that not only, um, not only is this intended, you're supposed to hit this, um, that Verizon makes, like, $300 million a year from these accidental presses because they have 87 million subscribers and, you know, if each one is accidentally opening the internet once every two months, that's that's more than $300 million, you know. Um, so basically, this is your, uh, your not, not so much conspiracy and more just uh, come on, Verizon. And we want all your cash. You know... All your cash are there. They, apparently this is the same on AT&T, and I think it's the same on Sprint and T-Mobile. Um, it's, I mean, where's, like, the company integrity there? You know? Well, I mean, $300 million pretty much rules that out, but... Oh, yeah. It's, you know... Um, I, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. It's completely unethical. Um, and I, I really well, thought... I'm just saying that, you know, we've had those, um... I think we've gotten that charge dismissed almost all the time. And they'll, they'll dismiss it, and I'm sure they do it without question, because I'm right, sure they, they know this. Question, and, but, I mean, that's from, like, two and a half years ago. We can't start getting this charge on my phone. And, you know, every yeah. single month, you know, there's a 199 service. Well, it's good that we know what it is. I mean, I, you know, it's... But, you know... It's, it's, it's outrageous. Anyway, I'm tired of talking about phones. I'm tired of talking about that. Let's move on to Twitter lists, which should be a quick topic. So what this is, is this was introduced like two weeks ago. Um, They had it in beta for a little while, and it was in testing. But Twitter lists is a new addition to uh, Twitter, which works like this. I can take my, uh, my, uh, sorry, whoever I'm following. I want to say my friends, but it's not quite. People I'm following, and I can take... um, other people that I'm not following, and I can add them to a list, and I can follow a list um, rather than follow all these people, and or I can switch between lists of my of the people I'm following. Um, and so, for instance, like a lot of people will set up ones that are like um, like friends, uh, comedians, bloggers, news, and so on. And so they log on to Twitter, and rather than look at this confusing, you know, 200 people they're following. Uh, feed, they'll click on friends, and they'll see that they're, you know, the 15 friends they have on Twitter are doing this and that, and then they'll want to laugh, and they'll click on comedians, and then they'll want to look at news, and so on and so forth. Okay, so, Other you know, pe- I haven't used this at all, but so right. get, from the way I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, think of it as like you open, like, a CNN homepage, and you're saying, okay, let's see what's going on in the world. Basically. The world page, what's going on, you know, with my friends, or, you know, America. The most important kind of thing like that is, is you can like follow you other people's lists. Everyone and look at all the groups, you know, together at the same time. Yeah. Well, the two the two important things for me are that you can follow other people's lists, and 
that you don't have to follow everyone in the list. So, yeah, for instance, I could, if I want to, I could add, like, all of G4's shows to a list and follow them as G4, the channel. I have no interest in following each one of G4's actual individual uh, Twitter, Twitter accounts. But I would be interested in following them as a specific list that I go on once in a while and see, you know. But I don't want I don't want each individual one tweeting me ten times a day, you know. Yeah. But but also that you can follow other people's lists too. So I, I guarantee you, G four has a list created that is their uh, their stuff, you know. And I could just click on that and follow them all at one shot. It'd be nice. Um, so that's pretty basic. I mean, it's just it's something that had been kind of introduced with other things. I know that the TweetDeck app on the iPhone and Mac. Um, and I guess PC um, had groups, which was similar, and so you could follow a bunch of people, but then group them together, and so you could have the same thing, but you still had to follow everyone. Okay. So this is this is cool and unique. Um, oh gosh, Boondock Saints two. This is something we've been hyping and been excited about, and hey, it's not coming here. <laughs> um, it was released on. Uh, October 30, 2009, to a run of 67 theaters, um, which is incredibly dumb. Uh, this movie, as, as you know, Boondock Saints 1 is a cult classic. Um, you know, it's more popular now than it ever was in the past because more people have seen it. Um, and, you know, the reviews on 2 aren't fantastic, but it, but the reviews on one aren't either, and I still enjoy one a great deal. Oh yeah. Um, and so you know. And what's I, you gotten on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? I'm not sure. I haven't looked in there. I usually use Metacritic. Okay, either one. Um, but it's like it's like thirty percent, which is not great at all. But but still, yeah. you know, it's annoying that it's not. It doesn't mean I'm not going to want to watch it though. Um. So I mean, I guess we'll have to wait for uh, Redbox. It appeared the closest it was to here was in Pennsylvania. Um, it was in the Northeast and a little bit in California, and uh, you know, I guess, I guess they can do whatever they want, but it just doesn't make sense. They they tried what Paranormal Activity did, and Paranormal Activity they released their trailers online. Um, they they included a feature after the trailer where you could demand the movie, and like 1.2 million people demanded the movie come to regular theaters instead of just be you know basically swept under the rug, and it was, and as of now, um, Paranormal Activity is, you know, setting all sorts of records for being a thriller and making money and, and whatnot. It was the top-grossing Halloween movie, and it was all because it was demanded by people. Well, somehow, the Boondock Saints developers, or I don't, not developers, um, the releasers, you know, decided to, to try this for Boondock Saints, but they didn't, they didn't put a demand button after the trailer, it's just it's not easy to find this uh, demand it button or whatever, and so there's only like last check for me was like forty thousand people were demanding it, and forty thousand people is not going to get you a wide scale release like no, um, not at all. Um, how many people? Did, how many people uh, requested for paranormal activity again? One point two million people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a kind of a shame. I mean, given the rating on the movie and everything, given that it's been out, it's not getting these rave reviews like Paranormal Activity was. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a rent from Redbox movie and and hang out and watch it and watch all the special features and everything. 
mm-hmm. you know, maybe watch them back to back. But it's just, it's you know, it's too bad that that happened. Um, let's I don't know. I mean, I, it, regardless okay. of the ratings, I still cannot wait to see it. You know, you ratings know? for me, it's it's a hard deal because um, I know, given the rating on the first one and the reviews that are saying no one but fans of the first one will like this. I think there's a lot of fans of the first one, you know. Yeah. Um, and when it came out, I mean, they're saying it's got over-the-top slow-motion action everything. You know what? I mean, I kind of want to watch a slow-motion, over-the-top action movie. As long as it's not Transformers. <laughs> uh, I mean, heck, I just I just played through the best action movie I've ever played through, so we'll, we'll get <laughs> to that in a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and uh, <clears throat> really quick... Google Wave uh, is out in public beta, basically, or it's invite only. It's the same. You know how Google puts a beta on things and never takes it off, you know, except for they did they did take Gmail off of beta. <laughs> um, Google Wave is out now in beta, and you have to get an invite to get in. And I have not got my invite yet. I asked for one, and I have not been uh, I haven't been interested enough to ask people online for one. Um, but so far, people are saying that this would have been great if, if they used it a long time ago and that they just cannot see how it's going to be that useful, um, which really makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if you look at all this stuff, it seems like it's great if you're in a high collaboration situation. Uh-huh. She knows a mouthful, but <clears throat> it's, uh, I mean, it, it would be the kind of thing that might be nice if, like, the group, my group that is writing our uh, our big research paper for political methods, you know, were to sit down for an extended period of time and, you know, work on this all day long and come out with an extensive document, all three of us collaborating and adding our stuff and editing and whatnot at the same time. Um, but it's hard to see how WAVE, at least at this point, is practical for day-to-day use. Um, especially when we have tools like Gmail and like Skype and everything. Um, so, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that uh, people are just, they were really excited about at first, and there was a ton of, like, trending topics on Twitter are still Google Wave. People still want invites, um, but nowhere near the capacity they did when it first came out. And, uh, you know, it's not, I think because of the success of Google Voice, a ton of people got Google Voice right away. Um and that's still popular just because people like the idea of using it with their phone or whatever. But I think, you know, it's hard to know. I mean, Wave is going to be useful to someone, but it doesn't seem useful to me yet. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. Uh, let's see what else well, we have. Oh, quickly. Left. Well, yeah, let me, let me finish up pre-game stuff. Oh, and V. We'll talk about that last. Oh, yes. So uh, just to, to rehash, this is this is a movie recommendation for the week. Uh, we should probably do that. That'd be fun. So all right, starting this episode, movie recommendation of the week: um, Equilibrium. I watched Definitely. this movie uh, a few days ago. And to again. Yeah, with some friends on campus, and um, it came out in 2002. I cannot remember the director's name, but he is French. Uh, he went on to produce the absolutely appallingly horrible uh, ultra ultraviolet, yeah, ultraviolet. Um, that is one of the most difficult movies to watch and most incomprehensible movies ever made. Um, but before that, he produced the excellent Equilibrium, which is a great blend of 
basically the action of the Matrix along with a storyline very similar to 1984. Um, the basic premise is that the year is like 2012 or 2015 or something, um, and that we've had World War Three, and that in order to uh, to keep everyone from having war in the future, um, the government has created a drug called Prozium, which uh, effectively gets rid of your emotion as long as you take it. So everyone in the world is an emotionless, you know, walking person. And they do their jobs, and, and there's a special group of the government that goes to eradicate art and other things that cause emotion in people. Um, thus, our story begins. Anyway, there's uh, there's lots of bullets, lots of slow motion, lots of uh, saying of the word cleric. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a lot of fun, and um, it's uh, definitely... I think it was produced for not a lot of money either. Um, it's just a fun movie to watch, and it actually makes you think a little, which is good. Um, and uh, I recommend it. You can find it probably, uh, if you're on Netflix, you can get it on there, or, or you can buy it or rent it. It's not in Redbox, obviously, so good luck finding it. Anyway, let's move on to uh, to the next. And do a TV before games. How about that? Yeah, we'll do that real quick. Um, let me let you introduce V. Okay, um, V. Now, I can't really compare it to the series it's been based off. It doesn't matter. Like, 84 or whatever, so I can't, you know, say what's correct or not, but... Uh, let's treat it as a new, uh... Yeah, I will. New thing entirely. So, basically, out of nowhere, this alien ship shows up, all over, like, several of them over major cities, um... And they've got, like, this weird spokesperson who apparently the imply in the show is uber hot, but she isn't really. <laughs> I mean, the hair is just not doing it for me. It's like an inch long. It mine's longer than that, so uh, I don't know. But uh, And then, you know, the plotline's kind of very rushed through the first episode. So much happens. And, you know, at first you're introduced that they're, you know, nice, and, you know, they're here just to help us share technology. Well, by the end of the first episode, you find out that... Don't spoil it. What were you going to say? Don't spoil it, Cracker. Okay, so don't want to hear the spoilers. Stop here, but I'll spoil it from here on. <laughs> In the, uh, and then towards the end of the first episode, you find out that they're kind of plotting against humanity. And there are a few of them. They, they're like these alien people with scaly, slimy skin with like human skin kind of on top of them. And you also find out that there are a few of them that have been living here for a long time who are against what they're doing and are fighting alongside humans. And so, you know, it's it's interesting. I, you know, I haven't seen episode two yet. I'm behind in that. But, you know, I can't wait to catch up and see where this season goes and see how many seasons they plan to drag it out. If it's going to be, you know, like a one-year show or, you know, a several-season drag-on show. You know, it depends how fast they rush to the plot from here on out. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, in the first episode, they go through what could have filled four or five episodes if they'd wanted to. But they decided to make it at one. 
So yeah. they might have rushed to the plot and then have the rest, get, you know, about people fighting against them or whatnot. But I mean, I'm really interested to see where it goes from here. How about you, yeah. Paul? Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. The first episode, episode two, has already aired on TV, but it is coming to Hulu today, actually. It's later on today. Um, so you can watch today it Today or there. yesterday, today. Today, today. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, so you should uh, definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. It's um, It seems, it's funny, but it seems to me almost like they created this movie because someone was inspired by District 9. Um, and it, it could be that's just totally incorrect, but it seems to me that... Oh, they could have done that, too. You no. Know, um, but ABC's doing good this, this year for me. I mean, you know, I already said the, uh, the, uh, Modern Family show is kind of funny, and, um, Flash Forward, a lot of fun. Um, the latest episode oh, was, yeah. was great, more intrigue. Uh, the plot... You saw the latest one? I did, I just watched it a little while ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, V is a lot of fun. You should definitely go check out the first episode. Um, it moves at a pretty steady pace, and, uh, has a cool little, uh, Cool little action scene at the end, so go check that out. And now, let's, scene. let us move into the uh, the other topics of the show. Games. Games. <laughs> so real quick, the, the biggest one we're going to save for last, but I'm just going to introduce, uh, we both played the Left 4 Dead 2 demo, um, and it's fun. <laughs> Surprise. Fun. Um, Zombie killing uh, never gets I know. Basically, Left 4 Dead was released last year about this time. Um, and it is a four-player co-op game in which you are a survivor in the zombie apocalypse, and you and your friends, whoever they may be, are trying to uh, to escape the various uh, apocalyptic zones of zombie that you're uh, in. So uh, you shoot lots of zombies, and you uh, say reloading a whole bunch of times, <clears throat> and eventually you make it to the end of the level. Um, and one one quick thing about this, um, yeah. how I don't know how it's doing is popularity online. I'm sorry. How like how popular is it online so far? Left for Dead. Yeah. Oh, great deal. Because I'm thinking, you know, how many? I'm think, trying to think of how many games online that are popular that are not players versus players. Um, I mean, it's well, it is. I know the idea of versus multiplayer as in. More of like a console type multiplayer where it's four of you and doing one mission. Well, it has, I mean, it has versus mode, but, and then remember Borderlands came out a little while ago. Yeah, you're right. Which is a four player co op shooter, you know, like Diablo 2. I, right? I like, I enjoyed the idea of a, or, you know, also that, you know, doing it, of a, like a multiplayer where you're all doing the same level work together. Well, then you, my friend, are going to enjoy Spec Ops mode in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, I will. With me. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Left 4 Dead 2, um, there's a few uh, notable changes. It's all in the daylight, it appears. Um, it is set in the south with a new cast of characters. Uh, basically, you're across from Georgia to New Orleans and shooting different kinds of zombies and whatnot. Um, but it's a great deal of fun. I mean, it's uh, it's... It's basically Left 4 Dead 1 with a bunch of new additions. I mean, melee weapons and whatnot. Um, I mean, I remember last year at this time, or not, or, uh, sorry, when they announced Left 4 Dead 2, a lot of, uh, Valve's fans 
wanted to boycott the game, and I think a few still do, um, because Valve is typically known for not doing this. Um, they released Team Fortress 2 two years ago and are still releasing updates for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sizable ones and character upgrades and everything. <clears throat> um, but Left 4 Dead is uh, is basically, I mean, they're still updating and patching it and everything, but Left 4 Dead 2, I mean, I guess they felt it deserved a whole new game. Um, but people, you know, they were kind of disappointed that it's it's a brand new game so soon. But uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun, you know. It's if it, it's the kind of thing that I almost feel sorry for because it'll ha- it'll have several people buying it, you know. And I think its major selling point is that they're going with a much lower price on it. Um, I know on Black Friday it's thirty four ninety nine for the Xbox and PS three at Best Buy. I think it's it's. 40 or 50 for the PC and the Xbox or, you know, PS3, which puts it uh, below everything else, especially everything else in that quality level. Um, so who knows? I don't know why exactly they're going so cheap. Maybe they just uh, they see that it doesn't have a single player or something and feel like they're shortchanging people. <clears throat> who knows? But anyway, uh, that's that for Left 4 Dead 2. Um, now on to the game of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game of the hour uh, and the week and the month and probably the year is um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, from now on, most people are just calling it Modern Warfare 2, so I'm going to try and do that <laughs> too. So um, two years ago, or ba- let me go back to 2003. Um, in 2003, former members from the team that worked on... Uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault formed their own company and they released uh, Call of Duty for the PC. Um, the group was called Infinity Ward and the game was an instant hit. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, the things that set it apart from the typical shooters like Medal of Honor Allied Assault were that you're fighting with a squad and it all seemed very realistic and very chaotic and it was very scripted in that things are like the enemies are supposed to do things at certain amounts of t- at certain times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it was scripted, you know, some people would say, "Oh, I don't want a scripted experience. I want an open experience." Well, Call of Duty it feels you, open when you play. It, it was it's so much fun because of how things happen. You know, you feel like you're playing an action movie, and it has always felt like you're playing an action movie. So that's 2003, 2005. Um, in September, I actually think it's September. They released Call of Duty uh, 2 for the PC, and then when the Xbox 360 launched, it was released on there as a launch title. So Call of Duty 2, of course, was an instant hit, and it was an even bigger hit because it was one of two shooters that launched with the 360, and of the two, the other one being Perfect Dark Zero, it was much more widely received as you know being a great game. <laughs> um... So, that's 2005. 2007, now, in this time, just to clarify, they're not the only ones making Call of Duty games. Um, Treyarch, another developer who works under Activision, released Call of Duty 3 and Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1 for the Xbox and whatnot. And um, Infinity Ward is not very keen on other people using their their name, like Call of Duty... Gosh, that's my speaker. Call of Duty like their property, and it it is because they started with it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, they're not so keen on people using 
their name for named sequels. <laughs> so in uh, which weren't that good anyway. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm gonna add Mike to the conference right now. Mike, hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, welcome to the ContraCast episode 18. Exactly. I'm not sure exactly if I uh, if my recording just ended or if it just started a new one or or what, but we'll figure out after this. Should have just closed mine then added me to the call. No, we invited you to conference. I anyway, did. I was just well, going to uh, end the call and start back recording and splice no, it in. No, we're good. We're good. It's it's doing something. It's recording right now. So okay, good, good. Anyway, I was just in the middle of explaining uh, the history of. Uh, Infinity Ward. So you're you came in at a great time, Mike. So continue, Paul. <laughs> anyway, oh, Paul. Sorry, sorry. I know this, this could, I guess this could be part of ContraCast. Whatever. We're recording the show right now. So <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just since we're talking about um Call of Duty, um, I keep I noticed that I keep hitting my touchpad on my computer. Yeah. When um, I'm using my mouse, and my touchpad keeps firing yeah. the rifle, and so people know where I am, and <laughs> I went online, and I actually found a driver that will shut it off for me. Oh, great. I need that, too, because I've done the same thing. I'll be sneaking, I think I've got one on my computer. I'll be sneaking around, and, uh, and, like, my thumb will touch it, and I'll be, like, totally radio silent, you know, like, crouching around, and all of a sudden my loud assault rifle fires off three rounds, and I'm like, <sighs> Yeah, um, it also enables, like, um, your scrolling on there, too. Oh, good. Well, then, yeah, so. we'll send that to me after the show. So, anyway, like I was saying, um, in the in the time between uh, 2005 and 2007, Call of Duty 3 was released. That's a Treyarch game, not an Infinity Ward game. Um, it is uh, World War II, again. Um, anyway, 2007 rolls around, and to everyone's surprise, um, Call of Duty... Modern Warfare uh, was released, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, and it completely took the world by storm. Um, it came out about two months after Halo 3, which was expected to be the biggest um, biggest selling game of the year and everything, and uh, it was not. Yeah, they didn't see this coming. It, um, Modern Warfare uh, 4, or sorry, Call of Duty... For Modern Warfare was the biggest selling game of the year, um, primarily because of its awesome storyline and its much lauded multiplayer mode, um, which was a ton of fun. Basically, what you would do and how it set itself apart from typical multiplayer modes is that you got all sorts of um, each you level up by getting points, and you got points for doing, you know, I mean, getting kills and assist kills and then capturing bases and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> and you level up in each level, you'd unlock new things. They use the system of perks where you could Im- apply minor upgrades to your character um, to you throughout the match or whatever. And it was just a multiplayer mode that kept people playing for uh, a long time. You know, and it was not something that you pick up and put down and, you know, don't come back to for a long time. It was something that encouraged you to keep on playing. It was something that got all your friends playing. And anyway, Call of Duty 4 was a big, big deal. Um, and it continues to be played a lot, or continuing until last week <laughs> to be played a ton. Um, sweet, delicious Dr. Thunder. Um, anyway, so... Last week, uh, or I guess this week, Tuesday, 
12.01 a.m. on Monday morning, Tuesday, or Tuesday morning, Monday night, Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 2 was released. And by all accounts, it has broken every <clears throat> video game sales record that has ever existed. And it is the biggest entertainment launch of all time in terms of money intake. <laughs> um, the only thing that has uh, been bigger, really, was like Harry Potter, uh, the last one, the seventh Harry Potter book. Um, which should say something about our culture. Everyone that says that we shouldn't, uh, that there's not enough reading going on, the biggest game ever just launched, and it sold about 7 million copies in one day. And the uh, the last Harry Potter book sold nine and a half million copies in one day. So, come on, guys. Exactly. A, book, a book still way overtakes a game. <laughs> um, but still, this is bigger than a whole lot of stuff. Um, I mean, seven million copies in one day um, is an awful lot. So, basically, it's a direct sequel to Call of Duty 4. Um since we're already a substantial amount into this show, there's no point to go ahead and, and fill you in on Call of Duty um, 4 storyline. Suffice it to say, Call of Duty 4 had an epic and fast-paced storyline that was much like you'd find on a 24 episode or an action movie. And um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is a direct sequel, and like any good sequel should, it is bigger and louder and more awesome than the first one. <laughs> Um, it, uh, it is crazy, put simply. Um, they, uh, they did not skimp on any kind of story details, um, that you really have to pay attention. There's a bunch of plot twists, and, um, like with the first one, you really end up liking the characters a lot, which is something that still too few games do, um... You know, oftentimes you'll play a game and it's just characters are totally interchangeable, you know. Um, for all the time you spend with the characters in, like, Gears of War or something, it doesn't... I mean, they could be replaced with faceless monkeys and I would not care. Um, but you really do like the characters in this. There's one point when you, uh, you're you reunited with a character from the last game that you, you, know, you didn't actually know the whereabouts of. You thought he had died at the end of the first game. Um, and you find him, and I was personally, I was like, awesome, he's here! You know, um, and that's probably just because I played the first game, but, uh, but it was cool. And it was, it was something that you'd find in a movie, and there's a lot of those moments in this game, um, where you're either just completely, you know, awed at what's going on, or, um, you know, you can't believe it, or, or whatnot. So, uh, I see that. Thank you, Mike. <clears throat> Sorry about taking that. Mike just sent me those mouse drivers. Mike, you there? Yeah. All right, excellent. Just have my mic muted. Okay, that's fine. So, um, anyway, we're I'm gonna go ahead and just wrap that up. The uh, single player is awesome. I think next week we'll get into it. Uh, I want to have a discussion about the emotional effects of games on people. Um, I wrote a blog post about this about a week ago, um, just on how. Uh, you know, movies have a certain effect on people, bringing them to tears, whatnot. Um, I wanted to have a discussion about how games have or have not done the same thing and, you know, how exactly that works. So we'll do that next week. 
Uh, and we'll go over the plot in detail. I know right now on Kotaku.com they're having a, uh, a Modern Warfare 2 book club. Um, it's their it's their gaming book club, and they're actually going through the levels as if they were chapters in a book and discussing them. And that is a cool idea. <laughs> um, I'd honestly, like the, uh, depending on who's on the next okay. episode, I would be very interested in devoting about half of the show to actually breaking down the storyline of this thing and treating it like it was a, uh, a book or a very, very fast-paced book. <laughs> I'd say let's wait uh, two weeks for that so I can play through it. We'll, we'll see how much you've played. If you haven't played through the campaign, then we'll, we'll forgo it. Because, um, you know, I won't be done by next Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, um, Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer thus far is totally awesome. Um, let me introduce, or let me not introduce, let me explain um, the controversy behind the PC side of multiplayer. Well, it's not really controversy, it's just outcry. Um, the, the PC gaming community is is not uh, pleased, I suppose, with um, the announcements about Call of Duty 4's, uh, or gosh, I keep calling it COD 4, Modern Warfare 2's online, um, you know, plans, what, they, what they're using instead of, uh, instead of dedicated servers. And so let me, let me explain this. Dedicated servers are when a company or gaming clan or whatever has a server and they they set their own rules for what's on it, and they, you know, set it to play only certain maps, or they use a mod on it, and they kick you if you do this, and they don't kick you if you do that. And, um, no tanks, guys, no tanks. I always think of Halo. That kind of thing. I always think of Halo 1, and uh, no she's, no banshees. Because <laughs> uh, those are hacking, because why would they put them in the game? Anyway, so all these things they're, they're complaining about, there's no dedicated servers, and... So far to me, that's that's okay. Um, Mike and I were unable to party up, and I'm still trying to find a solution to that. Because um, other people have not had a problem with that at all, whereas we have had a significant problem. Uh, Mike just sent me a picture, and uh, I've got a similar one on my blog that I don't know if you've maybe read. Um, there's I talked Steam. about this earlier, and I knew it would get dug. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a different picture on my blog with even more people doing it. There's um, Steam groups, and uh, Steam is a PC game kind of client. It's it's a way to keep track of friends on there and everything. It's a big com- community or whatever. But um, it's a game client, and you can see who's online, and you can see uh, what games they're playing, and you can chat with them in-game. You can voice chat whatnot. Um, so, like, when Mike gets on to Call of Duty, I can see that he's joined, you know, he's in-game in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or whatever. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a cough. I need to mute my microphone. How am I going to do this? There we go. Anyway, in the, um, basically, I'm back. a lot of groups have been made about boycotting Modern Warfare 2 because of that server issue. Basically, and all these people, like half of these people, are playing oh, Modern Warfare. I was talking. I know, I know. I'm just, I got, I got played. Shame on you. I know. <laughs> so, so a ton of people are now playing Modern Warfare 2, and so what this picture is uh, basically is a list of everybody, uh, everybody who's in this group who's boycotting Modern Warfare 2 because it doesn't have dedicated servers, but like the list of people that are boycotting it. Under, like, half the names is the game they're playing, and the game they're playing is Modern Warfare 2. So, 
is basically a fail on their part. I mean, well, it's not necessarily a fail. It's just, I mean, it's... The thing is that with with this sort of thing, the PC gaming crowd just goes nuts about certain issues. And this, to me, is is just one of those things where, you know, some people don't know how they could possibly handle multiplayer without dedicated servers um, and without these other dumb things like... Um, Looking at the article I wrote in my blog, there's a picture I got. There's no console commands, and so what that is is there's no... Um, you press the tilde key, and this little thing comes down. You can type in, com- uh, basically, code commands. Um, I, for one, am incredibly happy that this isn't there. I know some other people would do things like change their field of view so they can see more on map. And to me, that's basically cheating because it gives them you know, a wider view. To me, it would just be something I'd accidentally hit when I'm frantically trying to switch between my primary weapon and my secondary weapon. <laughs> um, there's no lean, which is not so much annoying. Um, leaning is what you could do. Basically, you lean side to side, and people would lean side to side to avoid headshots. That's just something that you could spam on PC, um, <clears throat> which is another, you know, basically... so fast, it's kind of hard to do. I know. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, if they were there, I mean, someone would basically have to have a hack to do that, you know. Um, and someone could have probably done a hack to say, you know, you're rapid tilting side to side. Exactly. Constantly. I know. There's, this whole list of stuff is just, it's not important at all to me. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and there's a big outcry, but, but the truth is, a ton of people have bought Modern Warfare 2. Um, I think... I'm not sure if this has been... I read somewhere, and this may have just been for uh, for the previous game, that that it was 12% on PC, 55% on Xbox 360, and 30-something percent on the PlayStation 3. And that's that may be high, that may be low for the PC for this, but, but whatever the reason, you know, it's just... I, I'm more happy to have a console version on my PC than I am to have some kind of weird version that PC or console gamers aren't going to know how to handle. Um, as long as they can fix, as long as Mike and I can party up and then party up with John when he gets it, um, I'll be happy. <laughs> um, Mike, we need to try and party up for Spec Ops and see if we can do that. Okay, I mean, so far it hasn't worked at all, really. Well, that's, that's a different, like, area of the game, so we'll try that. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so there's that. Basically, I highly recommend Modern Warfare 2. I mean, I'll write a review uh, probably this weekend or next weekend on it on my blog. Um, it's got like a 95, 96% on Metacritic, and that's totally deserved. Um, it's hard to find something uh, wrong with it, basically. Um, everything that you could have wanted to be included is included. You've got... Uh, a ton more weapons, you got much more map variety, and then the, the single player, although it is short, um, it has a great variety to it. I mean, you know, one one mission you're in Rio de Janeiro, and the next one you're in uh, Washington, D.C., and the next mission you're in, uh, you're like boarding an oil, uh, an oil rig in the middle of the Baltic Sea. Um, and it's very cool. And uh, anyway, highly recommend it. Um, and I really think that we should uh, wrap the show up now, guys. Yeah, it's been a good show. Um, it's been a while since we've had one, but uh, I'm happy to look at this timer and see that it's 59 minutes and 36 seconds of counting. 
because the last couple shows we turned out have been like 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 27 minutes, 38 minutes, you know. Yeah, sorry I wasn't able to join you guys sooner, but I just I know, had to sorry. level, Honestly, had to level I, my I, Call of Duty. I know, well, you got to. You got to level up, man. <laughs> uh, gotta catch them all, Mike. Gotta catch him all. Uh, and we'll end on that note. <laughs> anyway, it's a good show. And, uh, exactly. So um, I'll catch all you guys next week. Exactly, and well, hopefully we'll be back sooner than later. Um, like I said, we'll talk a lot more about Modern Warfare Two. I know we spent a sizable amount of this show talking about it, but next show, if you're not interested, uh, probably not the best show to listen to. And if you are interested, by all means, check it out. So. Uh, I guess I'll sign off for everyone. Thanks a bunch, guys. Um, Talk to you later.